Please sit comfortably. Um, just a brief talk tonight to finish up with. Um, but uh, what I was actually going to talk about has already been said in the reading that you uh, chose tonight. It happened to, to be the same theme. So um, it's already been said, but I'll, I'll enlarge on the topic a little bit more. But really, um, to put a, um, a word or a phrase to the aspect of practice that I wanted to emphasise tonight is um, about um, being non-judgmental about um, our own experience, which then flows out into being non-judgmental of others as well. Um, it's actually part of the, the definition, John Kabat-Zinn's definition of mindfulness is, is um, um, an intentional non-judgmental awareness of our experience. And um, it's really important just to, to stay with um, just reflecting on whether our practice of meditation is in fact non-judgmental, you know, in the way that we um, practice with ourselves, in the way that we see our experience. Because so much of our um, conditioning is based on judgment when we look at it. And um, there can be, we may not necessarily use the, the moral language of good or bad, but that's one of the frameworks that we can use to judge our experience. Um, but um, perhaps the language that we, we tend to use these days, it, it could be in general terms good or bad, um, but what I find um, working as a psychologist is, is that the, the judgement that people seem to have around themselves is not framed in the moralistic language but more in... Um, is there something wrong with me or not, right? Is there something wrong with me, like there's something about me that's not quite right, you know? And, it, and often um, when you get down to the core of that, the, the not being right of feelings of um, worthlessness or not feeling like belonging, not being good enough, not being lovable, being, not being competent enough at something, and so it seems to have that language around it more. And um, the whole kind of um, information kind of culture we get through the media in various ways is often all along the lines of um, self-improvement, you know, that you're becoming, your career is advancing, your finances are advancing, um, your recreation, whatever that is, is advancing, your hobbies are advancing, something's getting bigger and better all the time. And we're exposed to that. That's the culture that we, we live in. So all of that is often, I think, unconsciously in the background of our minds. And um, as John Wilwood points out so clearly, you know, and, and so um, succinctly in his words, one of the most difficult things for human beings to do is to just do what we've done for the last hour and a half, is just to sit um, without, a, without a project, you know, without um, trying to Im improve ourselves in some kind of way. Mm -hmm. And to really, really just practice in a sort of impartial 
um, witnessing of our own experience. And of course, one of the one of the tangles we can get caught up in is being um, uh, judgmental of the fact that we're not judgmental, that we're not non-judgmental enough, right? <laughs> judgmental that we're not impartial enough towards our experience. So, and sort of kind of go on and on. You can get caught in a loop. But there's a way of practicing. Even if you are noted, not, you've caught yourself judging yourself, then you can just impartially notice that experience. Mm-hmm. And I think it's not about um, being non-judgmental. Um, is is not so much that you can't discern cognitively whether the things in your life that you do are useful or helpful or skillful or not. It seems that when when we talk about being judgmental, it's not just on that pure cognitive assessment. Like for instance, I. You know, my view would be, as many people's view would be, that um, global warming is not a good thing, you know, and, and, and carbon pollution that contributes to that is not a good thing. In a sense, that's a judgment, it's an assessment, even though it's, though it's based on science. But I think what we're talking about when we talk about being non-judgmental in practice is that we're not bringing um, a certain um, emotional element to the cognition and that that emotion that we're bringing to the cognition is something which is um, angry towards the self or hostile towards the self or bitter towards the self in some way Mm -hmm. and that that's what drops out through practice you can still you can still uh, um, be sitting and and have an experience say of um, Anything, spite, for instance, that you that you're having a, a spiteful kind of moment, and you go, okay, that's what it is, and you name it, and and in in your dharma sense, you know, in your heart, spite's not a great thing to kind of indulge in, or you know, to to be attached to. Um, but what the shift is is you go, it's kind of like instead of going, oh no, I'm feeling spiteful again, I'm terrible, and it's kind of like, oh, spite, okay, that's what's happening. And so the, the emotion's taken out of it. So it's this cultivating of the impartial um, witness is so um, important to our experience. And I think that the more um, we're aware of that dimension of mindfulness, that it has this non-judgmental, impartial witnessing experience to it, the more comfortably we can sit and the, more, the, and the longer that we can sit and the more consistently that we can sit. Um, it's, it's an interesting phenomena um, that as much as mindfulness is taught and so on um, and it's becoming so popular that, that very few people actually continue it after an initial workshop. And um, Anya do you know any of you know Anya from our Melbourne group? Oh, maybe you haven't overlapped. But Anya's been sitting with me quite, for quite some time, and she's a she, she teaches mindfulness workshops. And in her e- recent e- email to me um, today, she said that she's probably over the last two or three years taught mindfulness to about two thousand people. Um, you know, in workshops and so on. But the feedback she gets from people when she bumps into them at later stages and so on 
is that is that it's very very few people who are still practicing you know six months or a year after they started and everyone says it was really great it was a really good experience I um, felt very calm I felt a sense of well-being that I never experienced before and yet it doesn't the momentum doesn't carry through for some reason and maybe part of that is that it's difficult for people to just actually sit and do nothing in a non-judgmental way and that if we somehow we could get that if we get the, the key to that non-judgmentalism my sense is that the, it would be a, just a simply a natural um, thing that we want to do daily rather than seeing it as a, a chore because again and I know this personally myself from previous years of, of meditation experience um, um, sitting down and looking at it back now with with hindsight you know being very judgmental about my practice like you know am I am I getting anywhere yet mm -hmm. um, am I more am I more loving am I more wise am I less egotistical you know all this kind of chatter going on in the background. And if that's the way that I started off. Maybe that's the way a lot of people start off, you know. And and so the experience of just being with yourself um, is perhaps not as easy as we think it is to actually cultivate this non-judgmental attitude. But I think as soon as we get it, um, the whole practice starts to really shift and really start to deepen in some way. So I guess I'm inviting you to um, to to reflect on on whether there is subtle kind of judgment in the way that you sit and um, non-judgmentally be aware of your judgment uh, until it dissolves. And then if we um, if we develop a non-judgmental, just like self-compassion, you know, if we if we develop a non-judgmental relationship with our own experience. It's probably the best way that it's going to flow outwards towards not judging others as well. Still you can discern, um, but it's not bringing that sort of attacking, blaming, um, uh, angry kind of energy to it.